large, I'm London Lopate. The mission of the Socially Relevant Film Festival is to promote the work of filmmakers who produce film content and tell human interest stories across a broad range of issues without resorting to gratuitous violence or the violent forms of filmmaking that's become so common in commercial narrative films. Since it was founded in 2013, the festival has presented over 550 films from 35 countries. And this year's festival, its ninth, opens at Eleanor Bunin Monroe Film Center at the Lincoln Center uh, on Wednesday, March 16th, and will run for 11 days at another venue and online. And joining us now are its founding artistic director, actress, and filmmaker Nora Armani, and filmmaker Dale Hildebrand, who uh, directed the first film in the series. Welcome to our show. Thank you. Thank you, Leonard, for having us again. And uh, it's a wonderful, it's a pleasure talking to you. Thanks. Well, Thank you. It's, it's a pleasure having you because uh, this is such a, a wonderful uh, thing to that you do. How long will the festival run and in what other <clears throat> theaters? Yeah, well, we open on the 16th at the Eleanor Bunn Monroe Film Center at Lincoln Center. And then uh, on the 18th, 19th and 20th, that's very same weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we travel south a little bit and go to Cinema Village in the village where we have a full program of Friday, Saturday, Sunday films back to back. On the Thursday, which is right in between the opening and the Friday programs, we have a special evening of meet the filmmakers in person at the Lebanese American University campus, uh, Midtown in Manhattan, where you will actually get, uh, people can actually meet, it's a free event, that one, uh, and people can meet the filmmakers in person around um, informal chat and get to ask them questions. It's also available online. How can that yes. be accessed? Absolutely. Thank you for reminding me. So after the festival opens at the Lincoln Center and we do the three days at uh, Cinema Village, uh, this hybrid uh, edition of our festival goes online. And from the 20th to the 27th, all that information may be found on our website, www.ratedsrfilms.org. And uh, the films, uh, with the exception of a few titles, they all migrate to the online platform and are available from everywhere in the world. That's one of the legacies that the pandemic left us with, I guess. And I understand screenings are free for students with student ID at Cinema Village? Yes, yes, we opened it up, but it's not like if you're a university or a college, we discourage uh, bringing a whole group of students walking in free of charge. But if an individual student appears with a, a valid student ID, uh, they are more than welcome uh, to walk in. Uh, yeah. This year's festival will deal with topics such as climate change and women immigration and refugees, empowering women, indigenous people's rights, LGBTQ rights, genocide and Holocaust, youth and children, disability, incarceration and freedom, politics and social equality, sex trafficking, racism, black, indigenous and people of, of color, uh, cultures and, and colorism, and life during COVID. Have I left anything out? 
Well, no, not really. You covered pretty much everything. Uh, we also have a youth and children. I don't know if you mentioned it. I didn't catch it. Uh, yeah, the youth and children is a new category we included this year, which means films that are about youth and children, but also made by mm -hmm. children. So we wanted to encourage child filmmakers to come out and, you know, uh, showcase their talents. Of course, always and only exclusively in the socially relevant and social issue oriented uh, uh, way. And uh, I just feel like I want to mention here that we do not uh, all these wonderful themes that you just mentioned. We do not decide them. Uh, ahead of the festival's edition. We let the filmmakers tell us their own stories. We first and foremost go for the best films, the best quality, how they are tackling a particular social issue and so on. And once we have isolated the best ones, the yes films, as opposed to the no's or the maybes, uh, on the yeses, we let all those themes float up to the surface. And yep. those are the stories we want to tell because we want to take the prompt from the filmmakers and listen to them and find out what are the issues that are really concerning them or bothering them. Well, this uh, year's festival features 64 films from 39 countries. This is the biggest one you've done so far? It's not, actually. One year we had 72 films, <laughs> which was wow. crazy. But but it's not such an um, unbelievable thing. There are film festivals who do a lot more than that. But for the size of festival that we are, I think it is quite a number. And the reason why from one year to another there is a difference between is that usually it's the length of the shorts that we program. Let's say if there are more shorts that are more in the 20 to 30 minute um, range, then obviously the number comes down. If there are more shorts that are in the uh, 10 to 15 minute range, then obviously the number goes up. But basically, the categories of the documentary features and the narrative features, pretty much those stay constant. How do you find the films? Wow. <laughs> Our main platform for submissions is Film Freeway, and uh, our submissions open immediately in May. Like we take a breather for a month and then open the submissions right away. And that's our main source. We, Unlike other film festivals, we don't go to the major uh, events or major film festivals luring or picking up films that are really already doing well. But we focus exclusively on the films that are submitted to us through our submission platform, because we figured that those are the films that need the most attention. If a film is already doing well in the festival circuits and it is already getting attention, uh, it's not like they don't need it. Everybody needs more and more attention. But there are other films that are the sleepers that nobody will get to see if they are not given that extra platform, the extra spotlight that they need. And we go towards those films. You're also an actor and a filmmaker. Do you prepare the festival in your spare time? 
No, <laughs> that's a good question. I mean, I've been doing this festival for the past nine years and I complain. It's I don't complain. It's the actress in Nora that keeps complaining. Every once in a way, she knocks on the little door and say, hello, hello, don't forget me, don't forget me. <laughs> but no, I cannot complain because this has offered me a fantastic learning opportunity as an actor who is supposed to know about everything in the world pretty much watching all those documentaries when we are uh, finalizing our selection has been such an incredible learning curve that you learn about people that you never heard about you never knew that this thing existed and so on and of course on the narrative end you you see some incredible acting which is like a school for you or also you also see all the bad acting and you understand <laughs> what you're not supposed to do so <laughs> well there's only good acting I gather in the opening night film, uh, yeah. one, it, it's one of the opening night films. Uh, and uh, as I said earlier, Dale Hillebrand is here. He's producer, director, cinematographer, and writer, and responsible for the 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 uh, film that you're going to really open with. It's the New York premiere of Road to the Lemon Grove. Hi, Dale. Hi. How are you? Thank you for having us. So tell us a bit about this film. It's, it's a Canadian-Italian co-production? Yeah, we shot it in Canada. The setting is North America because we have immigrants in Canada, United States, are very similar situation. And uh, so it's te telling a story that many can identify with. So we shot it in, in the cold of, of Canadian winter, and then we went into the beautiful warmth of Sicily, uh, where we carry on with the rest of the movie. So, so uh, yeah, it was a great journey. And uh, it's about an old-school Sicilian father who's trying to negotiate his way into heaven? Yeah, old-school Sicilian father trying to negotiate his way into heaven, but the only way in, he first has to go back and repair his relationship with his son, uh, reconnect his feuding families back in Sicily, and help all find love in places they never imagined. That's a tall order. <laughs> <laughs> Especially with a, a feuding family. <laughs> and the film also depicts the loss of culture and identity um, that can be rekindled by reconnecting with who we are. Yeah, I, you know, part of the premise of our, our central character is a linguistics professor. Very, uh, quite boring, quite uh, stodgy. And, uh, you know, he's he speaks of... Uh, language and culture and Italy, uh, like, you know, it, it's ingrained in him. But the thing is, he's never been there since he was a child. So he's completely disconnected. And when his father passes away, uh, he realizes how uh, disconnected he really is. And uh, the, the, the loss of culture and language is, is, is upon him sort of thing. And there, there is a saying, there, there's a, um, a stat out there, there's something like, 7,000 languages, di dialects uh, in the world today, and they say that in 100 years, 90% of them will be gone. So we, we are losing our culture, we're losing our identity, and that is his journey to reconnect with his roots. And, and I find that many Americans, many Canadians, many North Americans are doing the same right now, and especially with us being disconnected for the last two years, it gives us a chance to reunite globally. And Nora, 
when did you see it, and what made you feel that it was a good candidate to start off this year's festival? Actually, it's interesting that you should ask that. It was one of the first films that caught my eye. It was an early submission, uh, as far as I remember. And uh, sometimes, you know, at the beginning, when we are doing the selection process, when we're not in such a crunch or a rush or whatever, it's nice to sit and I say, oh, this evening I'm going to give myself like, instead of going to Netflix, I'm going to watch one of the films that have been submitted. Mm -hmm. And I was sitting there with my hubby in, in our living room and we were laughing out loud and I go, wow, this film is great. It has to be in, it has to be in. And of course, I'm not the only one who decides what film is, is selected. We have a selection committee. So when I... Uh, drew it to their attention, everybody agreed that this is it. And we also partnered with the Canadian Consulate General and Telefilm Canada this year. And this film is one of the Voices of Canada series. Mm -hmm. We have a couple of other Canadian films as well in the program, which come up later uh, on Saturday. And we have a bunch of shorts that are online and uh, in person. And uh, it kind of completes the bouquet because we rarely have films that are, let's say, quote-unquote, socially relevant, but are also on the lighter comedic side. Because when you say socially relevant and you're talking about all the topics that you mentioned, people will go, oh, my God, I don't want to go. and heavy. <laughs> well, yeah. Dale, it stars Burt Young of Rocky fame, but isn't he actually of Italian descent, uh, Gerald Tommaso de Louise? Yes, yes, he is actually, and uh, it was it was a great pleasure working with him. I and mean, the stories he brought to set were were <laughs> beyond uh, belief uh, often. But it it, it gave us, uh, you know, you know, he's a, he's such a great character, so vivacious and um, a, a lot of fun to play with. And we also had Nick Mancuso, mm -hmm. Italian descent, who's been in like three hundred movies. Ticket uh, to Heaven he was, is the one many will remember. Yes, that's right. And he, um, you know, the thing about working with him is, you know, you, you, when you work with an actor or actress, you, you ask them to go from A to B. Uh, you know, you want this sort of blocking or something like that. Nick will give you the whole alphabet. He'll give you so many options and uh, cutting points. And, you know, you cut his scene once and you never touch it again. They just cut themselves. And then you also have uh, Italy's prima ballerina, uh, a TV star. Yeah, we have Rosella Brescia. Um, when I cast her, I had no idea how recognized and famous she is in Italy. Uh, in between takes, we had to put her in a holding room because you get mobbed everywhere. Uh, and she's brilliant. And her performance was stellar always. And she's always, like, she's a consummate professional. And she always delivers. And she's a, a really great human being as well. And we also had uh, Charlie Trelli, who's, uh, he played the four roles in this movie, but uh, in one, we put him in five and a half hours of prosthetics before we even start shooting him. Oh, so it takes a bit of effort, uh, but he has these one-man stage plays. They're sort of like a, a Sicilian Spalding Gray type of stuff. Great humor, great guy. And we had Lorena McKennett, who is a, a musician, a singer. Uh, she's a voice of an angel, and she plays our voice of God. And we have a young boy by the name of Tommaso Sinelli, who uh, he's in tons of shows right now. And he actually was between him and another kid for the Avatar series. 
unfortunately, the other kid got it, but he, he's a brilliant kid and he's got a huge future. My guests on today's Leonard Lopate at Large here on WBAI New York 99.5 FM, streaming live at WBAI.org, are filmmaker Dale Hildebrand and uh, the founding artistic director of the Socially Relevant Film Festival New York, which is uh, about to start its ninth edition, uh, SRFF 2022, uh, and it runs from the March 16th through the 27th. Um, Nuri, don't you argue that positive social change can happen through the impact of socially relevant films in society? Because right now, we are seeing an awful lot of violence on the TV news, not just what's going on in Ukraine, but I, I would say that pretty much every local news uh, report starts off with somebody was shot somewhere in Queens yeah. and uh, and uh, somebody was hit by a car somewhere. Lots of, of violence. It's just the, n the normal part of our lives. Yeah, totally, Leonard, totally. That's basically what triggered the idea behind this festival, because I was getting really tired of seeing not uh, so much the news, but the movie posters like that have such violent images on them. You rarely see a movie poster that doesn't have a gun or even a Kalashnikov or a dagger with blood dripping and people horrified running away. And it's like, why all this violence? We are already surrounded by it. If one doesn't want to go and see a violent movie, has a choice not to. But the images of those posters and advertising is out there attacking us on a daily basis. So I felt we need to do something about this and offer an alternative form of entertainment. And that's where the idea came about. And also a personal uh, violent story, a family uh, terrible loss that had happened that in order to commemorate that, the idea of the festival was born. You say so, that uh, in 2013, it was 10 years, the 10th anniversary of this terrible thing that happened? Yes, actually, it, it, 2014 was going to be the 10th anniversary. And in 2013, I was sitting there and I felt, oh, my God, it's going to be 10 years soon. I need to do something meaningful. And originally, I felt I, I thought of a non-violent film festival, but then I figured that's a bit limiting because we're talking about gratuitous violence here. And I opened it up to include all sorts of social issues. Now, and, uh, yeah. the, 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 uh, the 10th anniversary was of the, the brutal murder of your cousin and your uncle in Cairo? That's right. That's right. It was kind of a hate crime, like you were saying today. Everything is like uh, instead of all this love and harmony. And I do believe that films do have an impact uh, because a lot of the hate crimes and a lot of the prejudice and discrimination in the world results from a lack of knowledge about the other. When we learn about other people, other cultures, their problems, we find out that there there is more that links us. There is more that is common and uh, puts us all together as a human as human beings, rather than divides us. And a lot of times, the lack of knowledge or ignorance is at the bottom of all these uh, violence and discrimination and conflicts. Are there any classic films of the past that you wish 
uh, if you had been doing the festival, then you would have screened like maybe the bicycle thief or I mean, that's the one that comes to mind immediately. Yeah, well, there are so many in the past when we used to have a bigger uh, screening option because this is the first year we're going back as hybrid. So we only have four days that are in person and the rest is online. We've done things like the Charlie Chaplin's The Dictator, for example, you know, we've uh, we've done uh, one retrospective, one classic movie uh, as a focus uh, or as a reminder to us that there are so many human interest stories one can tell without necessarily having to resort to violence or violent forms of movie making, which is abrupt cuts, loud music, explosions, special effects that don't tell you anything and, you know, and the rest of it. Dale, is this something that you think about when you're working on a project? Um, I, 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 I do, actually. Um, I find a lot of my subject matters uh, stories and that focus on, on culture. Um, and it seems to be an ongoing theme with me. But it was interesting the other day we had an interview with uh, some, uh, some other people with Nora and, and, and this film festival. And it was, it was great to see other film, filmmakers all in the same interview from around the world. And so, you know, it's, I want people to come see my film, but I also want them to see their films because they all look like really fascinating pictures. Well, you yeah. obviously had to have been influenced by other filmmakers. Uh, myself, yeah. I, well, I think my, my, my hero is David Lean because he paints with a big brush. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... I had the great fortune of shooting a movie in uh, Wadi Rum where, where uh, David Lean shot uh, Lawrence of Arabia a few years ago. Uh, great influence. Although there is some violence in Lawrence of Arabia. <laughs> some culture, too. <laughs> yeah, but we're talking about gratuitous violence, like, you know, situations where the whole film dwells upon it. It's like violent porn, you know, that kind of violence. But uh, more like if you're, if it's part of the story and if it's necessary, of course, we're not saying, we're not censoring films, but it's important to not necessarily make that the core. Now, I suspect that there were any number of films that you considered for the opening. What are some of the other films in the festival that stand out? Yeah, well, there are some, the, some of the Canadian films are really very, very good quality. There is a film called The River You Step In, which is about a social worker. And then there is a um, First Nations person that goes missing. So there is also that element of the indigenous people's rights and the social work, but there is also the uh, investigative element which catches people's attention all the time. Then there is another one, it's called The Free Ones, which is a documentary about uh, people who have finished their prison sentence and how they are integrating into society. It uh, focuses on the positive side of this integration. Uh, 
uh, a German film uh, called A Handful of Water comes to mind, which is very interesting because it deals with a refugee girl, uh, a Yemeni refugee girl in uh, Berlin, and then uh, who runs into this old gentleman um, who is um, um, try, uh, going to help her in the end, even though he is completely... Uh, isolated now after the uh, his wife's death and uh, his uh, doesn't want to deal with anybody but kind of the little girl uh, brings him out of his isolation very very interesting and very timely topic then there are some very funny documentaries about uh, a sperm bank and a gay couple and they and then suddenly all these children appear that all belong and or can be traced back to the same sperm donor and you know, things like that and um, also we have a number of very powerful shorts believe it or not short films you can say so much through short films um we have talking about documentaries or stories short both both we have both and we have a category this year we have called lockdown which is happening sunday morning uh, for the shorts section, in which we are focusing on films that either were made during lockdown or that kind of uh, render homage to people who lost their lives during the COVID pandemic. So it's like a huge, wide range, a spectrum of a, a rainbow of uh, films, colors, um, and they can be all seen on our website. We have identified them. Some people are going to say, well, where can I find the online section? It's very easy. Under the drop-down menu from the top, it says SRFF 2022, drop-down, it says online films. And also on the first page, there is a big band in red, it says online films. And also uh, the, the, the posters of the films that are in person. So it's all there on the website. And how much uh, would uh, a, watching a film cost? Well, we have done early bird tickets, and I'm happy to say that we extended them a couple of times. So the early birds, which is only $7, are still good until tomorrow. And maybe a little bit until Friday. I don't remember if it said the 10th or the 11th. Only $7. Plus, uh, we have an all-access pass, which only is $75. It allows you to come to all the events uh, and see all the films that are offered online and all the films that are offered in person. We'll, off uh, we'll issue a badge, uh, and uh, with that badge, it's free access to everything. And if people want to only access the free, uh, I mean, the all access on uh, online section, it's only $50 if it's only the online section. So we've made it very, very uh, accessible and very affordable. We even have a special discount code, which I mean, should I give it or should I not, uh, which gives you an additional 20, 25% discount depending on which. Um, I just, uh, no, I just realized I'm breaking FB, uh, BAI rules by even talking prices, but well, oh. it's okay. Uh, uh, I was just thinking about all of the, the topics that we mentioned earlier, how many of them are 
right in the news right now, like climate change, like immigration and refugees. Obviously, we're seeing millions of people leaving Ukraine right now. Um, LGBT rights. Uh, there's the, a fight in yeah. any number of states, including Florida, for example. Um, <laughs> just it goes on. And of course, life during COVID. So um, I guess. To some degree, films are also about current history. Totally, totally. They are a, a testimony of the times we are in. And next year, uh, hopefully, if everybody is uh, around and every, the world is still there with everything that's going on and we still can continue, it's going to be our big 10. And to do that, I've been going back and looking at what we have screened so far and seeing that it is a history, the history of the world in the, la the last 10 years. So uh, somehow we have to be able to put all that together because they represent something, these films that we've been screening. A total of 550 films so far, without counting the 64 this year. It's unbelievable. I, sometimes I can't believe it myself when I go back and think how difficult it was in the first year. And are any of them films that uh, people will recognize today? Not necessarily, but uh, every once in a while, one of our films gets distribution and goes out and uh, gets uh, into theaters. And we also work with industry partners uh, such as Indie Picks and such as Cinema Libre Studio. Uh, one is on the West Coast, one is in the East Coast. And both of them offer distribution to a number of our films. They offer special awards. So the films they don't necessarily stop being talked about when the festival is over. They have a life after the festival. So I am hopeful that some of them will um, definitely go further. One of the films that we had a couple of years ago, Butter, I, I just read recently that there was an article on, in the New York Times about it, that it is in distribution now. So it's really great when you hear these stories that we showed it first and now look, it's getting distribution. I don't want to say that because it, we showed it first, but somehow I like the idea that we noticed it. Well, some of the films have been shown uh, that you're showing this year have been screened at other top film festivals, including the Cannes Film Festival. Uh, yes, the their Algeria, for example, which is our other opening film. Uh, we wanted to bring it on last year, and then when the festival went online, uh, the filmmaker expressed uh, the wish that she was not um, she would like to screen in person not online and we figured okay then we cannot screen it but let's wait and see if the opportunity will uh, give itself to us to to do it in person and i'm happy to say that it happened and here is a film that was um mentored let's say because it was one of a film that was developed in a workshop at Cannes and all that so um, we do have that uh, as well uh, in our uh, festival it's a French uh, production co-production but there is a, a Swiss and Qatar that are involved in it 
It's a film by Lina Swalem called Their Algeria, and it's the six o'clock screening of uh, opening night on March 16 at Eleanor Bunnen Monroe Film Center before uh, Road to the Lemon Grove um, that we've been talking about. You're listening to Leonard Lopit at Large on WBAI New York 99.5 FM and streaming live at WBAI.org. Enjoying my conversation with uh, Nora Armani and Dale Hildebrand. If you sign up to become a member of WBAI during today's show with a contribution of $150 or more, you can receive a pair of choice tickets to the opening night of the socially relevant film festival uh, at Lincoln Center. Just go online to give to WBAI.org or call 212-209-2950 during today's show, and we will be happy to send you uh, those, well, make those tickets available but don't forget to make that donation in the name of Leonard Lopate at large, and thank you very much. My guests are Nora Mani. Uh, I'm going to go through her, uh, her CV because she's done an awful lot. She's an award-winning actor-filmmaker with international stage and screen credits, performs in many languages. Her recent stage credits off-Broadway include Terrorism at the Lenfest Center for the Arts, Pirandello's Six Characters in Search of an Author, most recently her one-woman play Back on the Couch with Nora Armani. Her TV roles include Blacklist Redemption, Casually, Golden Boy, and her films have screened at the Cannes, Rotterdam, Paris, London, Cambridge, Edinburgh, Denver, Oregon, Kerala, Monaco, Shanghai, Yerevan, and New York Film Festivals. She's also organized and guest curated film festivals around the country, uh, around the world, and her films have screened at the in the official selections of the Cannes Film Festival, among others. Um, she's here along with Dale Hildebrand, who is the uh, filmmaker responsible for the opening night feature uh, of of the uh, Socially Relevant Film Festival 2022, the film called Road to the Lemon Grove, which um, will be screened at 7.50 at the Eleanor Bunnen Monroe Film uh, Film Center? Yep. Yeah, that's 7.50, yeah. Now, I will be participating in that event. Dale, will you be there as well? Yes, I will be. Yes, we are so thankful to you for accepting to do this because I felt who else can do a wonderful Q&A with the filmmaker after the screening than Leonard. So it's really fantastic. Thank you so much. 
Well, I'm looking forward to I'm looking forward to seeing the film as well. What uh, I, I know I've asked you this before, but uh, I'd like to go into a little more detail. What are some of the other uh, major films that you're showing, uh, the, the ones that stand out? Um, for me, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, there is a documentary which is called um, The Desire to Live. And it is a documentary that was made uh, by conversations or um, discussions, uh, I mean, um, uh, interviews with the people of Artsakh in Armenia. Uh, two, two years ago, there was a war, the 44-day war, when Azerbaijan, with the help of Turkey, attacked uh, Armenia and Artsakh. Uh, and it was terrible because they dropped phosphorus bombs and it was illegal, of course, with drones given by Turkey and so on and exactly the same situations that were is, are being produced today in Ukraine were being produced back then but for some reason the entire world there was this big conspiracy about not saying anything about it and taking both sides about the whole thing and now exactly the same situations are being produced in the Ukraine and everybody is up in arms. So this film is a testimony of not the political side, not the war side, but the humanitarian side of what war does to people, the people's lives. And it's a beautiful testimony of how people are affected. And if these people were not speaking in Armenian in the documentary, or if you removed the dialogue, you would think this is a piece of um, documentary that's been shot today about the Ukraine. So that film really stands out today in view of what's going on. And it is screening on Sunday at 5 p.m., Sunday, March 20th. Then there is uh, this film called Let, Let's Do This Differently, which I spoke about the sperm bank uh, issue. Uh, there is another one which really stands out for me, uh, Others Before Self. It is about Tibetan uh, children or youth who have been driven away, of course, uh, by China into, their, uh, into India. And they are talking about how they keep the culture alive with the idea that one day they will go back. Indigenous people and indigenous people's lives came up a lot this year in this year's selection because we have Artsakh, we have um, Western Sahara, we have the Chagossians, we have uh, First Nation um, uh, people from Canada, and we also have um, Native Americans. All these are indigenous people's rights films, and these are individual titles that uh, keep coming up. We also have the LGBTQ film, Pieces of Us, which is screening Sunday, late um, at uh, on the 20th uh, in the nine o'clock slot. And that is about violence against um, LGBTQ people and how to uh, prevent that. On the same topic, there is also another one that puts uh, color and colorism into perspective. It's... Um, um, the, it's about the Chinese experience uh, and putting that into perspective with the 
black experience. So we can see that race has several gradations and there are people who want to be prejudiced that doesn't have limits. You can be, you can direct that ignorance and prejudice against anything. So these are a selection of the films. Women's issues keep coming up uh, every year. Those are, uh, yeah. And, and Dale, you wear many hats. You're a producer, director, writer, cinematographer. Uh, and that's led for you to be either to either win or be nominated for over 50 international awards. Yeah, it's just it depends on, you know, every different film has uh, a different hat to be worn. And I, I try to wear the hat I'm assigned. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I've been quite fortunate with the type of films. Um, you asked about inspirations earlier. And uh, because of my cinematography, some inspirational films like Koina Skwatsky, Baraka, uh, have inspired some of the films that I've done as well that uh, I guess had a lot of acclaim in the past as well. Well, the the film that uh, we are, that's starting off this festival, Road to the Lemon Grove, uh, won at the Taramina Film Festival, didn't it? Also yes. Best Comedy at the Edmonton International Film Festival, Best Family Film at the CIFF, and also won several awards at the Italian Contemporary Film Fest. Yes. So you have to be very pleased. Uh, isn't it the highest grossing Canadian film per theater? Uh, or wasn't it during its, uh, its uh, extended Cineplex run? Yeah, yeah. We were quite fortunate. We had a, a great t- turnout. Um, I think we, we try to target a lot of the, um, you know, immigrant communities. But I think what was most rewarding is that you know, people coming up to me after the screening, no matter what culture or ethnic background, they didn't have to be Sicilian, didn't have to be Italian, but saying, you know, that that was my story growing up. I was a translator. I had to translate for my parents. I had to try, you know, so I think many people can recognize with that sort of aspect, because, you know, in North America, one way or another, if we're not indigenous uh, or Native Americans uh, or indigenous Canadians, we are all immigrants one way or another, or, and we can identify our parents or our grandparents or great-grandparents immigrating. And so a lot of people are identifying with that, and it's, it's kind of fun that way. You've also made films for kids, haven't you? Yeah, I did a bunch of kids' series. Um, you know, kids can be challenging, but um, I, I, they can also be a lot of fun. And I, I think the, I've had good fortune working with great kids, uh, you know, casting them, putting them through the, the whole ropes and all that sort of stuff, you know, because a lot of the kids haven't had the experience, obviously, because they're quite young. But, I've, you know, it's, it's been great because, you know, parents coming up to me after that saying, you know, this was the most rewarding experience we've ever had in this industry because people often cannot be or may not be so kind dealing with kids or anybody for that matter. So you want to give them a good experience. Whether they're cast in your film or not, uh, I try to make them leave the audition or the filming process feeling better about it. And you filmed Road to the Lemon Grove in Sicily, but you've been all over, haven't you? To the war zones in Afghanistan, to the plains of Africa. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I shot a, a, um, we shot all the war footage for a movie called Hyena Road 
Which in Afghanistan. It was a war footage, so it couldn't have made it into this film festival, right? I, 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 I don't know. It had violence. <laughs> but, no, it could have. It could have. But, you know, if it's not gratuitous, then, yeah. No, it was a, it was a great experience. And, you know, I'm, I got to say, uh, I, you know, we were literally entrenched uh, behind enemy lines, deep into Taliban territory, deeper than most soldiers go. And uh, uh, the appreciation for the people that were around us was was immeasurable. And, uh, you know, the footage we extracted, you know, we were filming live CIA operatives being extracted on Chinooks to uh, bombs going off. It was quite, quite intense. My guests on today's Leonard Lopate at Large are Dale Hildebrand, who's a producer, director, writer and cinematographer, uh, who his uh, latest film. Uh, is the opening film in the Socially Relevant Film Festival that opens on the uh, opens at the uh, Eleanor Bunnen Monroe Film Center at Lincoln Center on Wednesday, March 16th. Uh, and uh, also with us, of course, is Nora Armani back, making a return visit to our show, the founding artistic director of the Socially Relevant Film Festival. Uh, when you started doing this, you must have had no idea that you it was going to keep on happening every year. I know. Oh, my God. The first year I was sweating bullets and I was going, I'm crazy. What am I doing? It is, it's not my job. I need a whole um, structure behind me. I need uh, 10 people working on this. I can't do this and so on. But you know what? Once you start, people come. And uh, I have a great team and I always want to um, thank them because this is not a one person thing. You cannot put a, you know, you cannot put together a film festival like this on your own. You need a team. And I have to thank my filmmakers because I keep saying without filmmakers, you don't have a film festival. Without a great team, you cannot put together the film festival. And without sponsors and partners, partners like WBAI or partners like other partners or sponsors who help us like uh, Canada Now or uh, you know all those wonderful partners who are there uh, supporting us from day one and believing in what we do because without all that it cannot happen and you asked me about some of the films others came up to my mind like we have a film which is a great piece uh, Shoah Ambassadors it's about how black and white come together this time around and promote uh, the idea of educating people about the Shoah and uh, so on and so forth. I mean, it's like uh, endless, endless. So I would urge people, so I don't forget other films, maybe I am. Uh, my uh, Yang Gang Diary is a great uh, testimony of the um, Andrew Yang um, campaign, but, and also about universal basic income mm -hmm. and talking to the people involved um, with that uh, campaign. You mean uh, the though, campaign for mayor of New York? No, oh, uh, I meant presidential. Uh -huh. And it follows the whole thing through. And it's really amazing because it, it's about the people. It's so, uh, less about Andrew Yang himself and more about the people around this idea. So uh, fantastic films like that come to our attention. And I cannot be 
I keep saying for us with the festival, it's not so much what we are going to program is how can we leave this one out or how can we leave that one out? You know, where do you draw the line? I wish we had unlimited screening possibilities and we could screen every good film that comes our way. But unfortunately, that's not possible. Well, you have uh, you wear a lot of hats. As I mentioned, you're uh, an actor, filmmaker with stage and screen credits. Um, uh what what happens? Uh, did the projects just come your way and you said, okay, I'll I'll uh, perform in this play this time uh, and and put off making that movie for a little while? Well, actually, I compartmentalize if there is such a possibility. The festival uh, really takes up my full full time and full attention uh, from. December until end of March. So basically, that's the period, December, January, February, March. I am immersed in it, you know. I do do my auditions when they come my way. I don't say, no, 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 I'm not going to. Of course, you can't do that. But basically, that is what I'm doing full time during that period. The rest of the time, I am able to write. I am able to develop my next show. For example, my new one woman show, which is called Mercedes and Zaruhi. It's two sisters story, which is coming up uh, at uh, United Solo uh, Theater Festival in October, November again, I, I'm happy to say, on Theater Row. It's the story of two sisters, one of whom immigrates behind the Iron Curtain during Stalin, while wow. the older sister remains in Greece. Well, that seems relevant to today's situation. Totally, totally. In fact, and it, I, I, I suspect that as you look at a lot of the films that you're dealing with, you're thinking, well, history repeats itself. Well, this is a oh. variation on something that we're going through right now. Totally. The other day on one of the Meet the Filmmakers sessions that we were talking about, because I've been doing three of those every week, like Tuesday, Thursday and Saturday, grouping together a number of the filmmakers in the selection. And all these are broadcast live on our YouTube channel. Whoever is interested, you can still go and watch them. They are all on our YouTube channel of the festival. How do people, were, how do people access that? They just go to YouTube and look up something? Yeah, like well, the YouTube link is also on our website. So the website is the key to everything, www.ratedsrfilms.org. Mm -hmm. And from there, you have the key to everything else that we've been talking about. So if people want uh, to know about the full programs and the online sections yeah. for these films, they go to www.ratedsrfilms.org. Absolutely, yeah. And we were saying that all of the films, that all the filmmakers on that particular session, and they were completely unrelated and completely different topics, and filmed at different times, not necessarily happening right now, they were all extremely relevant of what's going on today. And it was a bittersweet discovery because it was good to know that we are showing films that are relevant, but it was bitter because it means that these problems keeping on repeating themselves. Dale, are you working on another film now? Um, I got uh, two series uh, going on and a couple of fe features that we're uh, developing and uh, 
you know, I, I don't want to say too much because they don't want to jinx them. <laughs> because <laughs> I always, uh, but they're, they're, I think, great projects, and I'm quite excited about them. Well, you've been nominated and won 28 international awards, so um, people do recognize that <laughs> you are, have been doing something pretty special. And I think that uh, people who attend this film screening will recognize that as well. Um, it will be, uh, it, it opens the series, the Socially uh, Relevant Film Festival New York's ninth edition opens uh, this, uh, on March 16th, Wednesday, March 16th. Uh, yep. And uh, it, it will, the, the first two films will be at the Eleanor Bunnan Monroe Film Series at Lincoln Center. And my great thanks to my two guests today, Dale yeah, Hildebrand and Nora Armani. Oh, uh, it's, uh, good luck with the festival. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just a wonderful endeavor. Thank you so much. But one last thing, if I want, if I may add, uh, based on what J Dale just said, for the first time this year, we're doing web series as well. And we have one representative of that called Messi, uh, which is a funny, another, the other uh, uh, comedy in the series. Uh -huh. Well, thank you again. <laughs> Thanks. Thank, thank you very much. much Leonard. Thanks. And, Great talking to you. And that brings us to the end of our show. If you're just discovering this program and would like to hear more about one-hour deep dive interviews, you can access our over 600 past shows streaming on demand at WBAI.org. Our podcast, which recently surpassed 1 million plays, is available on iTunes, Apple, and everywhere else that podcasts are available. And if you'd like to write to me, my email address is leonardlopate at WBAI.org. Before I sign off today, I need to ask you to support WBAI to keep this show coming to you weekdays from 1 to 2 p.m. We are asking all of our listeners who have the means to do so to make a contribution at whatever level they're comfortable with by calling 212-209-2950. That's 212-209-2950. Or by going online to give to WBAI.org. That's give and the number 2, WBAI.org. Please do it right now because we need your help to keep bringing you this unique, in-depth content, information you don't usually get anywhere else. And as I mentioned earlier, anyone who makes a contribution of $150 uh, or more, we'll get uh, a pair of tickets. We, we only have two pairs available, so uh, we hope that uh, uh, you call right away uh, if you still want to do that. Uh, uh, you, you, making a contribution of $150 in the name of Leonard Lopate at large right now, um, and you will get uh, free choice tickets to the opening night of the Socially Relevant Film Festival. Uh, uh, anyway, you might also consider becoming a sustaining member, what we call a BAI buddy. And during this month, Women's History Month, we're offering the 8-gigabyte Women's History Collection and a WBAI tote bag to anyone who signs up to become a BAI buddy for $15 a month or more. 
Either way, I hope you'll call right now because WBAI relies 100% on listener donations. We don't take ads or foundation grants, which allows us to be completely free speech radio. So if you tune in regularly to Leonard Lopate at Large, why not let us know that you appreciate what we do on this show by going online to give to WBAI.org or by calling 212-209-2950 to play a part in keeping this historic station, the only one the New York Radio Dial that's 100% listener-sponsored, alive and thriving with your tax-deductible support. We're off tomorrow, but I hope you can join us again on Friday when my guest, Andrew Fiala, will discuss his new book, Tyranny from Plato to Trump. We'll see you then.